0: Greg Amzinger told us several weeks ago that he didn't want to quarantine for a few days so that he could go down to the field. He said, I want to play golf when I'm down <laughs> at the World Series in Texas. And lo and behold, that is what's happening where it's 69 degrees and clear as Greg tees off. MLB Network's lead anchor, of course, a product of the Lindenwood University in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, our friend here on Carriker and Smallman. Good morning, Greg. How you doing?
1: Uh, you, you forgot and improving golfer. So
0: if you could just like add that to the introduction, Randy, I'd really appreciate And dramatically improving golfer. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you. There are people out there, Greg, who used this time during the summer, during quarantining, to isolate themselves and improve themselves. You isolated yourself on the golf course, and it has made a difference.
1: Yes. Uh, some people would say I improved myself too much uh, in <laughs> other facets of life. I, I grew a beard. As you know, Mm -hmm. I I let my hair grow out. The bosses were not huge fans of that, although (laughs) my wife was, believe it or not. I think she thought I was a different guy. So, um, you know, things are weird now because I got rid of it. But she she did like the quarantine beard. Uh, She she was supportive of the golf game um, because she didn't like the way all the other buddies of mine made fun of me every time they saw me after I played around.
2: And Greg, I know that you are golfing with some former baseball players today. I'm assuming that you've done that a lot. So tell us, who is one current or former baseball player that you've played with that has just blown you away with how good they are at golf?
1: Oh, my goodness. They're, they're all different creatures. <laughs> it, it, they're not normal human beings. What I did to myself was uh, was borderline torture. I, imagine, I, you've never played golf. You're 33 years old. Now I'm 41. And you decide to pick it up. And you pick it up playing in foursomes with professional athletes. So, so I'm, right now I'm in the car with Dan Polisak. We're driving to a golf course. Guy hits the ball 300 yards off the tee. He's mad, like mad when he misses a birdie putt. <laughs> I'm walking away going, I had two birdie chances <laughs> in 18 holes. So, so these guys are completely different animals. I say, you know, look. Dan's amazing golfer. Uh, John Smoltz, you've all seen him play on the golf channel. He's obviously terrific. One guy who is sneaky great is John Hart, the former GM of the Indians and uh, president of baseball operations for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he's in his 70s now, but his short game is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there have been other guys. i played with Tyler Clippard, and I saw spin on a golf ball I've never seen before. The spin was circular. I Hmm. I don't know how you do that How do you do that? the the golf ball was spinning in a circular fashion. so It's ridiculous that I'm out there playing with them. I try to entertain them while we play so they don't kick me off the course. I don't
0: feel bad at it. So the 265 lefties will be out on the Texas Rangers golf course today down in Arlington. Meanwhile, tonight, you've got a, a night off after the Rays tied the World Series last night, and it was so important because it was only Randy Rosarena, Greg, in the first couple of rounds. So important to get a guy I like Brandon Lau going.
1: You know, people need to understand that if the Rays don't get Brandon Lau going, they don't beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're heavy underdogs for a reason. Brandon Lau was their best hitter by far this regular season. Led the team in hits, in home runs, in RBIs, in runs scored. If they don't get him going, it's over because you can't expect Randy or Rose to hit 396 throughout the fall classic. It, they're going to make adjustments. They're going to try to force other people to beat them. The guy's got ridiculous power. Last night we saw uh, in batting practice him actually work on taking the ball the other way. He had two opposite field home runs, Would you believe he had 14 home runs during the regular season. Those were his first two opposite field home runs of the year. So it worked. He needed to do something, make an adjustment. If they get this guy going, there's one player that's not playing that's really frustrating me. It's actually annoying me, is Mike Brasso, the guy that hit the hold against the Royal Chapman, mm-hmm. and knocked the Yankees out. They gotta put that guy back in the lineup. Even last night, he didn't get a single ball thrown to him. It was 0-2, but it felt like it was 0-2 for five minutes. He fights off good pitches. To me, the way he his approaches at the he reminds me of the way DJ LeMahieu battles for the Yankees. He's a great at bat every single time. Ever since he hit that home run, he's had, I think, twelve postseason at bats. Throughout the entire ALCS, he only had 10 at-bats, and then he had two in the World Series. Put that guy back in the lineup, added boost offensively, and let's make this a good World Series. I, I'm so elated that the Rays won that game because on Friday, they're going to have to face Walker Bueller, whose last start was impeccable. I know they got Charlie Morton, but he's probably going to be allowed to throw 66 pitches again. So I, I think advantage Dodgers win for them.
2: Greg, now that we've seen both of these teams take one of these games, it looks like it's going to be a great series. It looks like it's going to be back and forth. But has your opinion changed at all now that you've seen two games in this World Series of who you think is going to win?
1: No, no. I think the Dodgers are still going to win the World Series. And and that's not a knock on the Tampa Bay Rays. They just don't have the offensive firepower.
2: When when Cody
1: Bellinger, fresh off a 47-home run campaign where he won the MVP, is batting sixth, I asked the research firm to look that up. I'm like, how many times is a reigning MVP bat sixth or lower of the following postseason? And you have to go back to 1971 Boog Powell. Okay. It's been almost 50 years since an MVP, a reigning MVP has batted sixth or lower. That's not a knock on Cody Bellinger. That, that is just a testament to the depth awfully of the of Los Angeles Dodgers. That is how good they are on the other side. I love my, I love me some G Man Choi, but he's batting <laughs> cleanup. If G Man Choi was the Dodger, dude'd be batting eight. And Jock Peterson would be salty that he was hitting in front of him. So uh, you can't you can't compare the lineups. I just think uh, you know, it's the depth is gonna be the difference in this World Series.
0: Greg, what's it like in that ballpark with the limited number of fans and with the, the vibe that they have now for this year's World Series?
1: It's so weird, Randy. Um, a lot of testosterone in, in that ballpark. People are yelling at each other. You got Tampa Bay fans that travel, and you got many more Dodger fans that travel. But we're sitting there. We got a beautiful little perch because we're not allowed to be on the field. We have all this different kind of security clearance and we didn't quarantine, so we can't be around the players. Good reasoning, though, so that you can be out in golf today, right? That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about, Randy. That's all we were really <laughs> worried about. But we are getting tested regularly. We, we wake up in the morning, and we're all spitting in a tube in, in, in a room. And, and I looked around, and I had an epiphany. I'm like, wait a minute. It's 6.20 in the morning, and we've got 20 production employees from MLB Network with our masks off all spitting in a tube in the same room. Uh, how is this safe? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, uh, you got me finally got me off track. Um, but, no, I just – look, I I uh, I, don't, I forgot what
0: my original point was. No, i was I'm talking so about people yelling forgot. at each other, the testosterone in the ballpark.
1: Yeah. No, these two teams want to win. The fan bases are kind of into it right now. So I, I love it. And, and let me just tell you, Globe Life Field is one of my top five ballparks.
2: It is. Hmm. Wow.
1: It is, it is glamorous, man. It, it, I, you got to check it out. It, it is worth traveling to Dallas for. It's that special. It's, it's, it's a mix of three ballparks. Chase Field in Arizona, Miller Park in Milwaukee, because the retractable roof, the way it goes and it gets open, it reminds me of Miller Park. And then I would throw in uh, Minute Maid, the charm of Minute Maid Park mm. in Houston. It's a wonderful ballpark. They took all the good things from those three yards and put it in one ballpark.
2: That's really cool, Greg. Wool. We'll- Have to check it out once we're allowed to. (laughs) That sounds like an awesome time. Okay, so Greg, next segment, we are talking about superstars in baseball. We're going to talk about the Cardinals. And if Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright aren't with the team anymore, do they need a superstar? Do they have a superstar? And it got me thinking last night, is there a face of baseball right now? Because you could make the argument for a lot of different guys, Uh, uh, you know, Mike Trout, a Mookie Betts, your boy, Mm. Fernando Tatis Jr. But is there one guy that stands above the rest that you would say, hey, this is the face of baseball?
1: At one point, we were all forcing Mike Trout to be the face of baseball. I don't think he wants to be. Uh, he's a guy that's just better than everybody else in the sport, but I don't think he wants that moniker, if you will. Fernando Tatis is going to be the face of baseball, if he's not already. Uh, he, he looks like a movie star. He acts like a movie star. He, he has all the accessories. He'll wear neon blue sunglasses while he plays. He, he is physically uh, the LeBron James of baseball. He can do everything at a higher level than everyone else. So to me, that's where we're trending. I don't see another player giving him a run for his money at I, all. I would say he's the future face of baseball
0: as I watch the postseason right now though I think the current face of baseball is Clayton Kershaw Greg I I, with with the endorsements that he gets with the fact that he's on the big stage every year even though he has struggled on the big stage that's the guy that I would pick right now as if casual people are going to pick out a baseball player they say oh yeah I know who Clayton Kershaw is
1: you know I would say I would agree with you if you're a casual experienced baseball fan like Randy character But if you're a young kid and you're, like, playing video games and you kind of like that kind of style, I just don't think Clayton Kershaw moves the needle um, in terms of personality, in terms of style, in terms of flair. To me, I I love Clayton Kershaw. Don't get me wrong. First ballot Hall of Famer, he's the best pitcher of our generation. He's not what you want to market around. You're seeing commercials because of his brilliance. But in terms of the future of the game, He is not what Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be. Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be in movies someday. I know that sounds like it's a crazy prediction to make, but you're going to see, you know, the way the way Jim Brown was in in a a couple commercials and and movies. You know, you're going to see this guy, Wilt Chamberlain in movies like Conan the Barbarian. You're going to see a, a remake of Conan the Barbarian, Fernando Tatis Jr is going to be in that movie. So that that to me is what transcends baseball. He's that special of a personality in this specific World Series. You might be on to something, but listen man, you know, Clayton Kershaw, I don't want to knock him cuz I've enjoyed watching him pitch without a doubt, but I just don't I just think the physical dominance of other athletes is what is connected Clayton Kershaw. And to me, when you're the face of any sport, that is kind of what you have to
0: have. Greg, I want to give you one more thing. And Michelle mentioned our next segment, and I don't know if I've ever given you this stat, and it's changed now. With Ted Simmons being elected to the Hall of Fame every single year of the modern era since 1900, the St. Louis Cardinals have had at least one Hall of Fame player in uniform. Every year for the last 120 years, the Cardinals, and especially if Yachty goes in, the Cardinals have had at least one Hall of Famer in uniform. If Yachty's That's not amazing. here, isn't that incredible?
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And so if if Yachty's not here, I don't see a guy on the roster. My question is, do the Cardinals need to continue that streak? Do they find to go find themselves a Hall of Fame player via trade or free agency that they can put out on the field.
1: No, oh, that's a really good question, man. You would say uh, my instincts would say yes because that's clearly what Card- Cardinal fans are used to. Uh, unfortunately, they may have they may have traded away that Hall of Fame player. They, they may have gotten rid of that Hall of Fame player. Uh, you know, I, unfortunately, uh, you know, I think Oscar Tavares was going to be that guy. And he would have been in a Carl uniform for a very long time. And the tradition would continue. But that untimely passing through the timeline out of whack. Um, There is something to what you're talking about. I think the Cardinals are always uh, either scouting, signing, drafting, developing, or they're they're spending smart money to get someone like that. Uh, You know, even Carlos Beltran, you can make an argument uh, Lance Burton, you can make an argument, was a Hall of Famer. They, they kind of go in that direction. I, I, I don't know, man. There's all the talk of uh, you know, a quiet offseason coming ahead, there's not going to be a winter meeting. Don't, don't worry. That's, that's going to get canceled in a heartbeat. Uh, I, I, I think the Cardinals have to, make, they have to make a move. This team is built to win right now. And if you get one of those two guys or both of those guys back, Yadier Molina and, and, and Adam Wainwright, you have to go for it. You've got one of the best pitchers, if not the best, most talented pitcher in the National League uh, in Flaherty. You you can't be the the National League version of of the Angels, where you've got the best player, but you're not a competitive club. So, yeah, the Cardinals need to go get that guy. I don't know if that guy's available uh, in the free agent market. I don't look at JT Real Muto who's been really hyped up, by the way. He's mm-hmm. a very good, big player. I enjoy watching starno had a better offensive year than this guy. And I don't think defensively he's what or Molina was in his prime. So I i love i love Muto, but I just don't think that Hall of Famer is going to be available. So that tradition, unlike any other, might come to an end in St. Louis.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, hit him well. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, especially today. You didn't have to do this, but uh, we're, we're glad that you're such a good friend, and you did. Uh, listen, Dan
1: Plesek was entertained
0: the entire time. <laughs> All He's right. So, sorry. so if, if you're out on the <laughs> Texas Rangers golf course, a couple of 6'5 left-handers, you know who you're looking at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. See you, brother. Good Take care. That's Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 1 ESPN.
2: He's the best. Isn't he terrific? Who needs coffee when you get to talk to Greg Amzinger? talk
0: about energy. Energy. Instant offense from Greg. So the next thing we have is, do the Cardinals need to find that superstar when they don't have Yachty anymore? We'd love to have your input. Does it mean a lot for you as somebody who invests in the Cardinals to have them have a superstar player? That's next on 101 ESPN.